Hey, look, it's the 50th episode. Tonight, we have a surprise for you. Welcome to Cryptic Soup. And let's take a moment to say welcome to the man, the myth, the legend, the king of the kaiju himself, Corey! Absorbing radiation from the planet's core. The organization we work for, Monarch, was established in the wake of this discovery. A multinational coalition formed in secrecy to search for him, study him, learn everything we could. We call him Gojira. Hey guys, welcome back to Cryptic Soup. Tonight is our 50th episode. 50! Woop woop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nothing from Corey. Corey said fuck the 50. <laughs> Why well, it's not on the it's not on the script at all. <laughs> oh no, Corey reads the script perfectly. Okay, we're in for a treat tonight, guys. <laughs> um so I'm Athena. I'm Kylie. And I'm Corey. Yay! Yay! Corey's real, guys, for those of you that thought he was a myth. He's not a cryptid I, himself. I am the man in the computer. <laughs> Facts, though. Facts. I'm like the Wizard of Oz. Oh my gosh, he kind of is. You really are. Wow, how cute. Does that mean I'm a the really big disappointment when you actually meet me? Oh, shut Absolutely up. not. You're such a fucking liar. So you guys would think, like, since we all three live together, this is a really easy, fun way to record, right? No. It is not. We are all we are in separate rooms and we are having to discord call each other because of the dogs. Yes. So it's not even like we get to look at each other and just be like, hee hee, look at that joke. We're like staring at a wall and we're like, did, did they not laugh at my joke? Why didn't they laugh? <laughs> right, we're just waiting for the response. It's fine. It's fine. So tonight we're doing like a mashup of two different wild things. We're doing kind of a cryptid and then kind of like. Well, actually, I guess three things, kind of a conspiracy, but then also kind of aliens. So we're like fucking all over the place tonight. I'm so excited. But it's because we have Corey and Corey's kind of a mess of a human. So we're doing a mess of an episode. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, Corey, you have a. Um, I'm touching where it is. Mm -hmm. Yes, a sleeve. It's a, it's half, a half sleeve. You have a half sleeve of a Godzilla. Is it Godzilla you have? Yes, it is Godzilla. <laughs> is it a specific Godzilla? Do the, yes. do the, all the Godzillas it look different? Who do you have? Specifically, <laughs> uh, the suit design from Godzilla 2000. Oh, of course. Why didn't I know that? Duh. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> it is so my, Corey, what's my your... favorite form, the millennia Godzilla. Oh, is that your favorite kaiju film? Uh, so... I would say it probably is, um, mostly because that was like the first real Godzilla movie that I watched. Um, I watched the like 1999 Matthew Broderick uh, Godzilla, the American one. And my dad was like, no, this isn't Godzilla. Let me show you actual Godzilla. And so that was the so, first one I ever saw. Uh, me and him rented it on HBO one oh, night really? in 1999. <laughs> 
that makes he me remembers sound the exact so date. <laughs> yes. So I asked your favorite and your first. What is your least favorite kaiju or Godzilla film? Because that's important too. What's the worst of the worst one to watch? Oh gosh, uh, there are plenty. No, of the worst really one is bad. the anime. The what one? The anime. Oh yeah, that's probably my least favorite form of Godzilla material. Was the uh, the newest Netflix adaption whereas like there are lots of adaption yeah did you say adaption Corey? yes adaptation the adaption whatever um (laughs) now i'm not sure who's right (laughs) it's adaptation you're not yeah Yeah, yeah, i think you're right right. yeah you're right (laughs) keep going with your adaptions this is my first time okay be nice (laughs) but uh it's just like whereas like a lot of Godzilla movies are cheesy and like by definition probably not good movies. Um, they're all at least like pretty fun and enjoyable. Whereas the Netflix one was just like boring, which is the worst thing of all. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't hate it, but yeah, it wasn't great. There's so less Godzilla seen... in that the entire TV show than the uh, than any of the movies at all. Oh, I've never seen a single go. I'm going into this, guys, as like almost the exact opposite as I normally am. I have never seen a single Godzilla film. And the only kaiju film I have ever seen is I saw the first Pacific Rim and I have seen Cloverfield. That's it. I've never seen a single other one. I'm pretty sure. Pacific Rim. (laughs) I love it. That one's a really good one, though, because Charlie's in it. That's not why. But. So tonight, originally the plan was we were going to talk about the reptilian conspiracy theory, which then made me want to talk about like serpenty creatures, because it's a really wild theory once you start to get into those conspiracies and stuff. But then when Corey became our special guest tonight, I was like, well, let's talk like about a weird cryptid. And Kaishus are kind of like a lore and like a cryptid themselves once you start to get really into them. So I was going to try to find a way to tie all those into one big mashup. I probably didn't, but we're going to pretend that this is the smoothest episode in the fucking world. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> because they do go together a little bit more than you would think. Because they're both like, when you look at the actual definitions of both, they're both supposed to be like alien, serpenty type mutanty creatures. So like on first basis, when you look at that, it sounds like these are kind of the same things. But then once you actually start reading it, you're like, oh, these are nothing the same. Zero percent. <laughs> The dog just fell off the bed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Poor Saber. Oh, she's so dumb. How? It's on the floor. (laughs) You're so cute. So I tried to do as much information as I can about kaijus. But Corey knows more than I will ever know, even if I studied forever. So I'm going to give you guys the information I found. And then Corey is going to correct me and tell you guys all the real stuff. And that's kind of where he why he's here tonight is he is the I would say Corey's a kaiju expert. <laughs> I don't he's know about guru. that. I just like big monsters. With smash buildings. <laughs> smash. <laughs> no wonder he loves Shiro so much. He's like, oh, my own dog monster. <laughs> Seriously, though. So according to the 1991 film, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, it's not J? No, No, it's G, Ghidorah. (laughs) Off to a good start. King Ghidorah, 
which I don't know what a King Ghidorah is, but is it a person? No. It is, is a three headed serpent dragon oh from space. God. Of course it is. Why wouldn't it be from space? OK, <laughs> so I know how I had earlier mentioned they're like serpenty creatures. But in that one, Godzilla was said to be a mutated, unique species of dinosaur called Godzilla. Godzilla or Saurus. <laughs> Godzilla of Zilla Saurus. Corey, what is it? I, I think it's supposed to be Godzilla Saurus. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> You were just adding <laughs> multiple letters. Godzilla. No. Godzilla Saurus. Ah, I don't like it. Okay. But other depictions of kaijus say that it could be an alien species, like in Atlantic and Pacific Rim. So that's kind of why I started to tie them in together. And that's what the reptilians are from the reptilian conspiracy theories. But before I go into them, let's just talk about the lore creatures that are kaiju. Because they've been taking Hollywood by storm for over 50 years. So let's break down what they are. And are they an urban legend? Are they just something for Hollywood? Are they a cryptid? Like, let's dissect this. So when you look it up, it says Kaiju is a Japanese term that translates to strange beast. It is known to be a giant monster that usually takes place in fantasy, fiction, movies, games, or TV. Corey, is there any good video games with Godzilla? Uh, I don't think i ever played uh any of the ones on like the nes or uh any of those like old like 16 8-bit consoles but from what i've seen those ones look pretty good otherwise uh no not really <laughs> <laughs> at least he's honest he's like no there uh, no there's none mm, not really so the belief of the mythos of the kaiju comes from the idea of a different urban legend so they believe there was an urban legend that started the kaiju form but then it turned more into a metaphor rather than being an urban legend. And that takes place because kaiju characters are often metaphors for fear of nuclear weapons, fear of war, things like that, because they were reflecting the fears of post-war Japan following the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. <clears throat> they were also said to be part of the Lucky Dragon 5 incident. Which a lot of that we kind of talk about in Unit 731, mm -hmm. which we, we bring up kind of 731 later again. It's just interesting how it's all connected. that was very dark. And then out of it dark. comes Godzilla. Right. <laughs> like that doesn't seem right. The kaiju genre for movies and stuff like that is a subgenre called tokusatsu. Tok tokusatsu. Sure. I feel like there's gonna okay, be a so whole lot of like hard to pronounce Japanese words in this. Toku Satua. 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 just offend Not everyone at while you're at it. It means special filming entertainment because they are their own like genre because of how they took everything by storm. At the beginning, people thought the kaiju lore had to be myth due to the size because a kaiju couldn't physically exist, they said. Because kaijus would be crushed under their own weight due to the square cube law, which was proposed by Galileo. Galileo. <clears throat> Jesus, I can't even pronounce the easy ones. <laughs> I even know who that is. What the fuck? Galileo. I like Galileo, though. Galileo <laughs> That's said. That's a weak character. <laughs> so Galileo once said, when an object undergoes a proportional increase in size, its new surface area is proportional proportional <laughs> proportional 
proportional to the square of the multiplier and its new volume is proportional to the cube of the multiplier. That, so what? Yeah. <laughs> Michael five. No, God. Michael Scott explained it to me like I'm five. When an object doubles in size, its volume or mass is increased eightfold. Literally, they're saying, hey, he has a fat ass body and real <laughs> tiny legs. That wouldn't happen. He would have like knee T-Rex. problems. That's if what he I was, was thinking is T-Rex and the tiny arms. <laughs> I just don't think this plan was thought through. Which Godzilla kind of looks like a T-Rex. Kind of. He looks like a T-Rex and um, the Land Before Time has a really bitchy character. What's her name? Sarah. Uh, Ducky? Or no? no. Petrie? He's the cute one. Petrie. No. Isn't Petrie the ducky? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> No, there's a bitchy. Mm, they look like a really big. Godzilla looks like a really big lizard. Well, but he's too spiky for a lizard. He looks like a triceratops had sex with a um, salamander and then a T-Rex joined in for the final bit. And then they spit out this baby and it was Godzilla. That's yeah. a pretty accurate description. Well, what's that? Super toxic Japanese animal. It's like a big ass lizard. Oh, the things that are on the street and they're like, you don't yes. want to big, 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 big salamander boy on the street. Yes. Him. Yes. I just call him the big slimy salamander on the street. Okay. Well, that's not what they're called. I, it could be. <laughs> Corey, do you remember what they're called? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, um... Oh, my God. This is what takes editing so long. You're fine. (laughs) It's called a Japanese giant salamander, you asshole. I was not wrong. No, then it's not what I'm thinking of. It's also called a crypto branch. Yeah, it's that thing. It looks slimy and it looks like it got ran over by a car. (laughs) No, I'm not thinking of that. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Are you sure? Komodo dragon. Oh, my God. These are not near as big as this thing. Okay, we are. But that's what I'm thinking of. Komodo dragons. <laughs> Corey loves us. <laughs> <laughs> the Japanese word for kaiju originally referred to monsters and creatures from ancient Japanese legends. It was also appearing in earlier things of Chinese classic and mount in Chinese classic stories of mountains and sea creatures. Other notable examples of kaiju characters included Rodan, Mothra, Jadora, and Gamera. So. Kaijus aren't always Godzilla. That's essentially what I'm trying to explain Mm -hmm. to start with. It's just we know Godzilla as a kaiju and we know kaiju is Godzilla. So it's kind of like people just interchange the terms, but they're not interchangeable. It's kind of like big, scary mystery monster is basically what like kaiju means. So anything that's just like a big monster in general just automatically kind of gets marked as a kaiju like King Kong or... Uh, yeah, I never from, understood like, that King Kong was a kaiju. For a really long time, I was like, how is Kong and Godzilla kaijus? One is a ape and one is a lizard. And then I learned that kaiju doesn't mean giant lizard because that's what I thought it meant. Kaiju means big, big thing. Giant so I was creature. like, I was like, why does everyone keep calling King Kong a giant lizard? He's clearly <laughs> an ape. I'm not stupid. <laughs> and then they did the Kong Godzilla movie. And I was like, OK. I'm not dumb. Those are two different animals, right? Everyone else can see 
Those are two different animals. Like, I'm not making this up. Kong is not a lizard, right? Like, I thought I was crazy. There was a time in Japan that's referred to as the Sokaku. Sokaku. Sakoku. I think the first one you said was right. Sakoku. The Sakoku was the isolationist foreign policy that we actually talked about in 731 available in the archives it's an older episode we did not near as fun as this maybe actually don't listen to it after listening to this you'll just be sad (laughs) right it was when the japanese takagawa shogunate uh had established that whole thing where like japan doesn't want outside influences it was during the Edo period so during this they didn't want any outside westernized influences affecting japan's culture and like stylings so the relations and trades between japan and other countries Japan and other countries were severely limited because they weren't allowed to trade. They weren't allowed to talk. They weren't even allowed to like go to visit one another. And all the foreign national areas were banned from entering Japan, as well as Japanese people were banned from leaving the country. And that's when they also later did that radical westernization and stuff that they went from one extreme to the other. And we talk about it in other episodes. After this had ended, Japan was opening their borders to foreign relations in the mid-19th century. And that's around the time when the term kaiju came to be. And it started expressing the concept from paleontology and legendary creatures from around the world. And so other places started adopting the concept (laughs) of kaiju and just what they are. And that's when it also starts. Okay, why I'm bringing this up is because it sounds like this is a really small part that I'm saying But without them opening their borders, I was talking about how closed off they were. Kaijus wouldn't have gotten to be the fame that they are now. And Western civilization wouldn't have taken over the term Kaiju as well. And Godzilla films probably wouldn't have made it. And they probably wouldn't have been the fandom that they are. Because Kaiju, they were like solely a Japanese thing. So it would be other countries culture. Yes. Other countries had Kaijus, but they weren't giving them the term Kaiju and they weren't turning them into almost like a Hollywood type escapade. Right. And Japan was starting to do that because they were trying to teach about these wars and the things. So Japan was like, let's turn it into a friendly teaching thing. And with that being the case, it started to grow in popularity. But if they wouldn't have opened those borders after this, it wouldn't have grown. And we may never even know what Godzilla or Kaiju's. We would have, but we wouldn't have had the same term and stuff. Mm. We probably would call them big monsters or something stupid because Americans do that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So for an example, in 1908, it was suggested that the Ceratosaurus, it was a cryptid-like dinosaur that was available, available, alive in the Yukon Territory. And we weren't sure at first if it was real or not. And so it was deemed like a cryptid, but then it became a dinosaur. They referred to that as a kaiju. So even just dinosaurs became kaijus at first. Oh, interesting. So when the term got out, it was... I know Kylie does not watch It's Always Sunny, but there's an It's Always Sunny episode that's kind of like this. They coined the term during a single episode, browning out. And what it is, is when you're not quite a blackout drunk, but it's super hazy and you're not sure where you are in the night. So they call it browning out. And as a joke, someone says browning out and then everyone starts says browning out. And Dennis is like, no, don't use my term. Like, that's my term. I made up that term. Don't take my term. And that's sort of what was happening. They were like, oh, kaiju, that's a really cool term. Let's just fucking use it for everything. Gotcha. And so that's why it grew so fast. 
1925, there was a movie called The Lost World. Um, is that a uh, Indiana Jones movie? No, you're thinking, I think, of like the, the Jurassic Park. The second one is called The Lost World as well. Is, is that what there, I'm thinking of too then? Well, is there not The Lost World and Indiana Jones also? Or is it The Lost Temple? Uh, I believe Raiders of the Lost Ark. Is maybe what There's a lot of lost things in this world. Damn. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I guess so. So anyways, in 1925, there was a movie called The Lost World, and it featured many dinosaurs, including a brontosaurus that breaks loose in London and destroys the Tower Bridge. The dinosaurs were animated by pioneering stop motion techniques by Willis H. O'Brien, who would a few few years later animate the giant gorilla like creature breaking loose in New York City in a 1933 movie called King Kong. I really wanted to make sure we knew it was made in 1933. So I put it multiple times in the notes. <laughs> um, Corey, have you seen The Lost World? Uh, I have not, actually. Um... I have not seen a lot of the like really, really old, like first uh, kinds of kaiju movies. I was actually pretty bad about that. Have you seen the King Kong 1933? Uh, I have seen bits and pieces of it, but I don't own it and okay. I haven't been able to find it like readily accessible. So um, I haven't seen it all the way through. I'm sorry to disappoint everyone. The closest thing I've ever seen to King Kong, this is going to really disappoint people. I don't even remember what it is, but it's like disaster movie or like movie 43, something like that date movie. There's a spoof, a quick scene spoof where Carmen Electra plays the girl that gets taken by the gorilla and he instead rips her clothes off and she's like, oh, I have big boobs. <laughs> that is the closest I've ever come to seeing a King Kong movie. <laughs> this looks rough. The, the Lost World. Yeah. Oh, it's well, old. it's 1925. <laughs> it's a hundred years old. <laughs> oh my god, it's a hundred oh years stop. old. <laughs> Corey, stop. <laughs> oh, I nothing should be a hundred years old a if it was 1900. Wow. I was gonna say no, Corey, it's like 50 years old. No, it's it's a hundred. Yeah. God, Corey, you're cut from the episode. <laughs> <laughs> So the enormous success of the King Kong movie was seen as a definitive breakthrough for monster movies, because at that point, the Lost World didn't get a ton of traction. But the Lost World was what set him up to make King Kong. And then King Kong was a big deal when it came out. And with that big deal, people were like, oh, people like these big monsters in movies. So a company called RKO Pictures licensed the King Kong character to a Japanese studio called Toho. That resulted in a co-production of King Kong versus Godzilla in 1962. Then they created another movie called King Kong Escapes in 1967, and they were directed by Ishiro Honda. I can fucking pronounce that, bitches. <laughs> Watch, you're saying it wrong. He's, it's like, it's actually Honda? Right. I'm like, oh, fuck me. Would you like fun facts as we go along? Oh, yes. Because I tell you a fun fact in the next sentence, so go. Uh, so King Kong versus Godzilla adjusted for inflation currently is still the highest grossing uh, Godzilla movie worldwide out of any of them, like over like all 30 the new, movies. The new one or the 1962 one? The 1962 one adjusted for inflation That's is still crazy. one of the, uh, the highest grossing Godzilla movies of all time. Huh. 
Well, I mean, it was the first of its kind. People were amazed with it. So I both wrote of a fun. Them were both popular in both like sides of the, the world. Oh, because King Kong was popular and Godzilla. And then they're like, holy shit. Let's make a movie. Let's <laughs> put them together. That would be like a Mean Girls meets Kardashians. <laughs> a little bit different. Just slightly. Just slightly. Just a little bit. So I had a fun fact for you, Corey. Mm-hmm. You know this probably, but I thought I was really doing something by putting this in here. <laughs> in the original Japanese ending of Godzilla versus Kong, supposedly Godzilla won. But in the re-edited American version produced by John Beck, which is the cut that most U.S. fans saw, and it's it was the only one that was available in North America for like many, many years. Kong wins and he comes out on top. But in the original version, Godzilla was supposed to win. So Did you know that, Corey? would you like to know a fun fact about your fun fact? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> uh, that sure. has actually been debunked. And it was such a strong rumor that it was actually published in uh, official like magazines and books about Godzilla. But um, both versions actually do have the same ending. <gasps> That's what? a crazy Mandela effect. Because I looked so many places and everywhere I found that fact. That is so crazy. Yeah, there is a uh, YouTube channel that I watch for all of my uh, Godzilla and Kaiju information. Like, that's all he does. Um, and I think it's Beyond the Fathoms. Hold on. Let me look it up and get it right before I just go saying it. Oh, well, while you're looking that up, they were so close to a Bring Me the Horizon lyric right there. <laughs> <laughs> while, while you're while you're looking that up, I do want to tell the fans, the listeners out there that Corey has two posters of Godzilla in this room. We have one little VHS thing that I got him from Etsy. We have a plush toy. We have a statue. I'm uh, sure there's some of these, some Funkos or something. Uh, yeah, I do think. There is a Funko. And then in the kitchen, there's a Godzilla. It's no, it's a different Kaiju of the month calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also have, have Godzilla a Godzilla basement, versus probably? King Ghidorah uh, original movie poster. And then I also have a signed Pacific Rim poster as well. Yeah. So when I said he was the king of Kaiju, <laughs> he would fit right on in there. They would they would bow to him if they could, but their little legs won't carry them. Anyway, did you find what you were looking for? Yes. So uh, his channel is called Up From The Depths. He specifically reviews um, kaiju films and like of all kinds and uh, basically anything kaiju related that that's like my my go to media guy on YouTube. I really like that his name was up from the depths and Corey's like, it's like beyond the fathoms. <laughs> well, there's the there's the kaiju movie, uh, the beast beyond 20,000 fathoms or something like that. That's one of you uh, mean the next paragraph we're about to talk about. Yes, that one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I'm promise guys Corey has the notes. <laughs> so there's a movie called the beast from 20,000 fathoms. It was from 1953. And it featured a fictional dinosaur, which was released from being frozen, kind of like Austin Powers. It was in a hibernating state due to atomic bomb testing within the Arctic Circle. Uh, The American movie was released in Japan in 1954 under the title An Atomic Kaiju Appears. But it was obviously in Japanese. That's like the best, uh, pretty much best translation. But it was marking the first use of 
the kaiju name in a film title. Then there is Gojira, which is literally translated as Godzilla. And that was commonly referred to and regarded as the first kaiju film in the West that was released in 1954. There's also a band called Gojira because of this. See, more fun facts, guys. Yay. Woo. <laughs> Tamioki Tanaka was the producer for the Toho Studios in Tokyo. Wow, that's a lot of teas right there. <laughs> Tamayuki Tanaka from Toho in Tokyo. Okay. He needed a film to release after the previous project was halted. So seeing how well the Hollywood giant monster movie genres, films like King Kong and the Beast from 20,000 Fathoms had done in the Japanese box offices and he himself being a fan of them, he was like, I'm going to make my own version of these movies and like re redo a kaiju film. So Tanaka aimed to combine Hollywood giant monster movies with the reemerged Japanese fears from atomic weapons. He put a team together and he created the concept of a giant radioactive creature emerging from the depths of the ocean, because that kind of ties in the fear of the war that we just had, the fear of the bombs. Also, because most of that war was fought overseas, they kind of just had a fear of going overseas and what was coming, not necessarily from the sea, but like. In, in a sense from the sea because it means it's on the other side of the sea right so they were like putting all that together and they wanted that big monster that creature was becoming the monster godzilla not exactly like what is lurking in the waters but what comes from the waters yeah, yeah. it could have came from anywhere type right. thing godzilla initially had commercial success in japan inspiring other kaiju movies so as much as Corey kept saying they are big creatures i <laughs> actually tried to debunk that <laughs> kaiju are merely not big creatures and big animals because they have subcategories there's a thing called mecha kaiju which i assume is a mechanical kaiju like mecha godzilla <laughs> oh is he mechanical yes yeah. <laughs> he's not a real creature there's well there's godzilla there's mecha godzilla there's Ghidorah, and then there's Mecha Ghidorah as well. He's kind of like a Pokemon. He evolves. No, no, uh, they're different. They fight each other (laughs) because there's aliens from outer space that build a Godzilla uh, that looks like Godzilla with like Godzilla skin, and then he goes down to Earth and then is like killing Godzilla's buddies and shit, and then uh, they fight each other. And then when Godzilla fights Mechagodzilla, like the metal comes out because a skin comes off. And then it's like, oh, shit, that's not Godzilla. It's but Mechagodzilla. But if you've seen the new movies, it's evil people creating him from the like DNA of Godzilla. Essentially, like they make a, yeah. They make a, so do Mecha, Ka- do Mecha Godzilla and Godzilla get along? No, absolutely not. So in my head, <laughs> do you want to know what I'm imagining? Yes. <laughs> the first Pokemon movie, the scene where the monsters are, they're not monsters, oh my they're God. Pokemon, monsters. <laughs> when the Pokemon are fighting the Pokemon and the Godzilla is fighting the gods. No, fucking the Charizard's fighting the Charizard. That's Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. You're actually not wrong. Um, like that. That's a pretty accurate yeah, little moment. Because Mewtwo makes the like the like fake charge in a machine. So they're they're not mechanical, but essentially they're mechanical. And then there's the other ones that are real. I think I'm onto something. Y'all here. are really nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
So those are mechanical or cybernetic creatures, the mechas are. And then there's another subspecies called the kaijin, which kaijins are a subspecies of kaiju, right? But they actually just mean strange person, which refers to a distorted human being or a humanoid creature. Which is very odd because when you look up kaijins, kaijins can be the same size as us. So it's it's all of a sudden like very odd how this is part of the kaiju family. That's weird. Then there's day kaiju, which translates to giant kaiju or great kaiju, which is a hyperbolic term if there ever was one, because it means a massive titan-sized kaiju. So think of Attack on Titan. A normal human would be a kaiju, and then the titans in that movie would be the day kaiju, the the the, the giant kaiju. Like, hmm. does that kind of make sense? Yeah. That's the best way to describe it. It's basically doubled. Yeah, it's just hella big boy. And the reason why they're called that is because the prefix die em- emphasizes meaning great power, size, and or status. So literally it, it means like great big, very large. The first known appearance of the term Dekaju is in the 20th century when there was a publicity material for the original 1954 release of Godzilla. But in the subtitle, like, a lower part of the movie poster, it said Subaka de Kaiju Iga. Yeah, sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that literally translates to H bomb giant monster movie. I love <laughs> Did it. Did Corey write this? <laughs> so you got to remember that too, like 1954, when this was coming out and being released, this was only 10 years after uh, the atomic bombs being dropped. So, like, Everything is going to be probably like sensationalizing and or like fearing anything that has to do with this. And that was like a big criticism that the movie had because there would have been people that survived Hiroshima and Nagasaki like watching this movie. Oh, yeah. You know, just like I didn't think about it like that. People that yeah. would have had radiation poisoning, radiation burns like would like had the potential to have seen this movie. And it, it caught a lot of. I- a lot of flack and for it's that, an but important it's still movie like, like it's it's a movie everyone wanted to see and so you know like you even if you didn't see it you would hear about everyone seeing it talking about it talking about how amazing it was oh my god you see that wild movie and they had radiation poisoning it was the craziest thing ever and you're like i'm literally living that right like, that's my real life thank you right yeah wild there is a ton of media like tv shows movies video games board games obviously we've alluded to a lot of them all night there's godzilla Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. There's the invasion of Astro Monster, Abira, the horror of the deep, Mothra, Gamera. Ultraman movies has them. Cloverfield, I've seen that. Pacific Rim, I've seen that. (laughs) Atlantic Rim, I've heard that it's really bad. Don't watch it. It has a a really, really bad rating on the internet, (laughs) but it's essentially Pacific Rim on the Atlantic coast this time. And there's no Charlie in it, so what's the point in watching it? (laughs) Right. Attack on Titan. Technically, the Titans are called Kaijus in one part. Neon Genesis Evangelion. And this one was a cool fun fact that I'm sure also Corey knows, but Steven Spielberg specifically cited Godzilla as the inspiration for the movie Jurassic Park in 1993. And the exact one he said that influenced him was Godzilla, King of the Monsters, exclamation point, 1956, that he saw when he was a kid. 
Did you know that, Corey? I actually didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. He learned something. So Kylie thought this was the most crucial thing to put in the whole episode. (laughs) When you look up on Urban Dictionary, what is a kaiju? (laughs) It literally says a person, male or female, generally in their teens, who has an obsession over Godzilla, Gamera, Ultraman movies, books, figures, and whatnot relating to a kaiju. And Kylie literally just looked at me and she goes, so it's Corey. Corey is a kaiju. He doesn't like them. Like, he is one. (laughs) It's fine. So even though kaijus probably aren't real, just probably, I think we could create them easily. I, I mean, well, not easily. They would take a lot of resources, but Pacific Rim literally told us we could create a. Oh, you mean like literally? Yeah, we could create them or. I think if we took dinosaur DNA and stuff, I think we could create a kaiju creature. I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibilities. Mm-hmm. But I mean, mostly they were just like a really... Japan that has the actual functioning like giant Gundam, which is just a giant mech. Yeah, I mean, there are things like that that exist. So I don't think it's outside the realm of possibilities, but it probably wasn't a real thing. It probably was just a bunch of lore that people mistook dinosaurs for and then they turned it into a Hollywood spoof. Would you consider I mean, the- uh, like Megalodons to be kaiju? I would. Hmm. I didn't even really consider that until now. Big giant I mean, mysterious essentially, shark Essentially, yeah, they boys. fall under the category. <laughs> shark boys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um i mean how big does it have to be to truly be a kaiju because that would mean that dinosaurs technically are kaijus yeah they are big and they're monstrous they're titan in size compared to us what's the scale here like is it titan in size compared to humans or like is there like an actual is it titan in size compared to i mean a dinosaur is bigger than a human dog well not a human dog that doesn't make sense like a domesticated dog <laughs> like like something we have as a pet it's obviously not pet size does that make it a kaiju is a giraffe a kaiju they're quite large 15 feet tall with their necks sometimes up to 16 an average female is 16 an average male is 14 and the male is smaller uh it's usually actually because of them using their neck more frequently and stuff like that to get food and things like that that over time they kind of just like develop um more of like a uh <laughs> what is it like bad posture so they seem smaller yeah i was trying to act out a giraffe's neck bad posture <laughs> so that is the kaiju portion of tonight's episode thank you thank you everyone do you need me to leave now, now <laughs> you're excused (laughs) i don't really have a smooth transition so moving on uh the kaiju lore talks about something that i kind of like brought up those like interesting people but they also talk about something called star people and this alludes to potentially aliens because they say that the kaiju star people are something that is not from earth they are humanoid like creatures that are the kaijins And that's what made me really start thinking of the reptilian stories, because those are humanoid like creatures that are not from Earth that are like potentially reptilian in stature and nature. So I was like, okay, like reptiles, reptilian conspiracy theory that that goes hand in hand. Right. Sure. Makes sense. So let's move on and talk about that. 
So what is reptilians and the reptilian conspiracy theory? Kylie, do you know? Nope. Corey, do you know? Uh, I mean, I've heard of like basically like the reptile people that control our government. Is that the same thing? <laughs> Actually, that is exactly what it is. Good. Good job. Look at me so go. funny story. Uh, there was a Facebook group dedicated to the fact that when I was younger, people thought I was a reptilian and that I was part of when the you were younger, people thought you were many different things. <laughs> no, this one was when I was in my 20s, though. When I, I mean, I should say, like, not that much younger. It's all because an ex posted a story about how he thought I was part reptilian because I didn't. I don't do some things like a normal functioning human would specifically how I sleep and how like I eat and drink foods, he said. I don't know. I don't think I'm that weird. But uh, he started a rumor that I potentially am a reptilian and that I'm part alien and that like I believe in aliens and stuff, which doesn't help that I do. And I'm very deep in it. Right. So people were like, whoa, is Athena a reptilian? (laughs) Uh, I am not. Really wished I was. Right. But sadly, I'm not. So I guess I'll just have to teach you guys what it is. And you guys can make an informed decision if I am or not. So it is about aliens and subhumans that supposedly live among us that we do not know or recognize as aliens. Reptilians are also called reptoids, archnons, rep... I put reptoids twice. They're really called reptoids. (laughs) Saurons and draconians, which are sometimes called the dracos. The different types of reptilians are said to be different races or classes, and they can differ in their appearance due to that. So I'll talk about like one or two of them just to give you an example. Reptoids are said to be five and a half to nine feet tall. They have scaly skin and it's usually tan, gray or green tones. They have lean bodies with really firm muscles, especially like upper body muscles and like chest and back. The reptoids have long and powerful arms with usually only three fingers and an opposable thumb. So like take away your pinky. That's their hand. I can't do that. Yeah, I don't like that. Or I guess you could take away this, but that's even weirder. Like, I'd like to grab you. <laughs> oh, you took away the ring finger. There's like a pause in your fingers. Yeah, because I can't. Corey, I can't if you could this. take a finger away, which <laughs> finger are you taking? Ring finger. Hands down. Be like Assassin's Creed. It is the most comfortable to get rid of if you're like sitting here acting it out. There's that girl on TikTok that was born without it. Actually, she was born without her middle finger and she tries to flip people off all the time and can't like that's like her gimmick. OK, that's funny. They also have opposable thumbs, though. So, I mean, they do have that bad boy and they have three toes and then a recessed tone up closer to their ankle with really sharp nails on them. So kind of like a dog in that sense. They are said to have uh, fangs on their teeth, like very prominent fangs, nonetheless. With a large lipless mouth that's almost just like a slit in their face. And then they have two different kinds of eyes, either large black eyes in a vertical slit pupil or white eyes with flame looking vertical slit pupils. Very that sounds terrifying. <laughs> Both of these sound awful, like a really cheesy B rated movie. Yeah. They are said to have bony ridges that extend from their brows to the back of their head that like kind of look like spines almost. And then they just have slits on the side of their head where their ears would normally be. And when you read up on it, how they describe it is they say there's slits on the side of their heads where the normal skin has ear folds 
it's right there so like it's it's flat and then just a slit like a fish they look really funny <laughs> please go look up reptoids on google <laughs> and then where their noses think voldemort they just have two small slits they have no body or facial hair and some people say they have a long lizard like tail but then other people are like no no the tail is ridiculous that's not true because that's what's ridiculous about all this <laughs> right out of all of the things that is the one thing now you're thinking to yourself how the fuck are these things walking around and we don't notice them right mm -hmm. they're shapeshifters duh <laughs> why wouldn't you assume Obvi. that how convenient for them just... yeah Like, they're hideous beasts. Don't worry, they can shapeshift into humans. The Draconians, or the Dracos, are said to be the royal reptilians. They're more of, like, the elite high-class ones. And they stand at 7 to 12 feet tall. They are the, like, least seen. They're the least, uh... They're the ones you wouldn't come across as often because of how elite they are. They don't like they don't mingle with us lower class humans. OK, they are similar looking, except they're really, really muscular. And when I talk about really muscular, they say that they have this muscle that extends like from their jaw, like so the top of their neck to their shoulders. I'm like, like, think of those really beefy men that are almost so beefy. It's disgusting that. Oh, I cannot stand that. When yeah. it looks like another man is just coming out of another man. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I've never heard you say something so funny. It's disgusting. <laughs> A man coming out of another man. It literally is. Now go look at someone super buff and tell me that's not what it is. They, they also are said to have wings and they are long, thin, bony looking wings with leathery skin on them. And they also have horns that are four to five inches long that protrude from their head. So that's like what the high class ones look like. Now, some reptilians are said that they wear one piece jumpsuits that match the color of their skin tone. I don't understand the point of wearing it if it's just going to make you look match. naked. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. OK, there's this one podcast that covered this. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And well, they didn't cover this. They did a whole different episode. And I always remember this because it was the funniest thing I'd ever heard in a podcast. They were talking about this. And the one guy did not realize really what he said before he said it. He kind of like talked <laughs> before he said anything. And they were like, yeah, they matched their skin. And he's like, oh, so they're invisible. <laughs> and everyone else was like, that's that's no. not how invisibility works. And he's like, <laughs> no, I meant naked. <laughs> he's like, I definitely meant naked. Uh, invisible just came out first. And I always think about that now whenever I like see people wearing like a, a shirt that too closely resembles their clothes. I'm like, oh, they're invisible. Or the girls that wear the tan leggings. I'm like, why? Why, why? would you do, why that? do you do that? Especially at the gym. Don't do it. No. You know, we're all double taking and not for a good reason. We're not looking at your muscles. No, exactly. <laughs> now, it is said that these creatures communicate with psychic communications. They can also manipulate human emotions. They prey on fear and negativity. And they can access humans in the astral plane and dreamscape realms. So that helps them harness that negative and uh, fear. Because it, it helps them become more powerful. 
So these reptilians already just sound like super fucking wild. But who popularized this term of reptilians is even wilder. His name is David Icke. If you know who David Icke is, y'all know you're in for a wild ride now. David Icke claims shape-shifting reptilian aliens control Earth by taking on human forms and gaining political power to manipulate human societies. Icke has stated that most of the world leaders are possessed by reptilians. A man named Michael Brocken, the professor of political science at Syracuse University, posts that the idea of reptilian conspiracies originated in the fiction of Conan the Barbarian, which was created by Robert E. Howard in The Shadow Kingdom. It was published in Weird Tales of August 1929, and that story inspired the Lost Worlds of Atlantis and Lemuria. That sounds like a big runaround, but Ike says that Atlantis and Lemuria... Well, I'll just tell you what they... We'll talk about what he says about them in a minute. Howard has these descriptions called Serpent Men, and they were humanoids that were able to mind control and imitate humans and shapeshift. They would live in underground passages and infiltrate humanity. Okay, I'm going to talk about something else I've never seen, and I'm probably really wrong, but I'm thinking of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles right now. You've never seen that? No. Me either. Oh, my God. Um, I have them. Do we want to watch them? <laughs> isn't there a big rat in those? Is the rat a kaiju? No, he's not. Like, he's like regular person size, I guess. Well, because the... Well, that's a big rat, Corey. The well, I mean, turtles yeah. Are also well, so are all the size. turtles. They're ninjas. Yeah. Okay, that still makes for a big rat. He made it sound like it was like a tiny little rat. Oh, there's someone. Right. You're yes. right. I see what you mean. Like, what is the definition of kaiju as far as the size goes? Yes. That's why I'm saying. Is that a kaiju? Because it's big compared to a rat, but I, it's the same size as us. I guess my thing so was always that. like anything that can like. Like it's like big enough to destroy like buildings and stuff like that it was kind of always what I determined as like a kaiju. But I don't know. That's me. Also, my personal are King Kong and of... Godzilla really that close in size? Because I thought King Kong, there's that scene where he's on the, the top State of the building. building. Yes. He does not look that big. He looks maybe about like 10 times the size of a normal you're correct. Ape. So they but had to. But then Godzilla uh, is the same size as like giant 20 story buildings. <laughs> yeah. But then when they stand next to each other, they look like they could hug. So uh, they had to up King Kong's size from the original King Kong, like the 33 one. They had to up his size to be in Godzilla versus Kong. So is he not a real ape? Is he mechanical or is he. We'll see, it's a movie, blood? so they can just make up however big they are. But how does King Kong come to be? Is he like a science experiment? Did he just grow? Was he born? So I don't remember Is if it's laughing? really described in like the original movies. He's kind of just like a like. So on Skull Island, there's just like a lot of ancient creatures, which is where King Kong's from, by the way, is Skull Island. Um, isn't that the place from isn't Skull Island from the Scooby-Doo movie? Might be. Oh. No. Are you thinking of zombie, the, the zombie school? one? The voodoo? Scooby-Doo? No, that's the zombie movie. <laughs> I'm talking about with Matthew Lillard. Yeah. Oh, it it's, might it, be. But Skull, Skull Island, I'm quoting that, is uh, like an amusement park. So it's not, not the same. 
Anyway. I mean, yes, it's an island, but it's all an amusement. It's okay. like if Universe, if Universal was called Skull Island, that's, okay. you know, or like Six Flags. Was- you guys, do we want to become millionaires? Uh, usually, yeah. What if we create an amusement park that's Scooby-Doo themed and it's Skull Island? That'd be awesome. And it could be Halloween year round because spooky, Scooby-Doo. Spooky. <laughs> and Matthew Lillard can come visit us. Yes. All right, million dollar idea trademarked right there, pending. <laughs> pending. <laughs> Gaveled. <laughs> so these creatures and the stories of the creatures inspired many things. One of the things that inspired was H.P. Lovecraft. Who is that, Kylie? Don't ask me those questions. <laughs> it's the ask Corey those questions. He created the basis for the Cthulhu mythos. What, yes. Okay. What episode did we talk about that in? It was the, um, I mean, it was the sea creatures, but I don't remember what we called it. Water creatures, short stories. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we talk about Cthulhu, Leviathan, and all of them. The Kraken. The Kraken. The Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> so then it's available in the archives. <laughs> then in the 1940s, a man named Maurice Doriel wrote a pamphlet entitled Mysteries of the Gobi. There was a mention of a serpent race within it that had shape-shifting abilities. These creatures kept reappearing, and Maurice wrote a poem then called The Emerald Tablets. He referred to the Emerald Tablets written by Thoth, the Atlantean priest king. And we all know Atlantis, the lost city, Milo and Kida. We all remember our Disney, right? We all know what that is. It's the city that's been lost, and it was a real city, and then it was pretty much like banished to underwater essentially (laughs) and it still exists but we have to find it in order to get to it and it has all these secrets of the old world and like how it used to be as well as all the riches of the world because they were lost with the city okay the emerald tablets form the basis of david ike's books called children of the matrix and yes guys we're going to talk about the matrix tonight too this is a wild episode. Corey loves <laughs> I can talk about also. the Matrix, too. <laughs> I figured he would be about this episode, <laughs> right? So, uh, like I said, it's impossible to talk about the reptilian conspiracy theory without talking more about David Icke. So let's break down just a little bit more about who he is, because we keep mentioning him, but I didn't say who he is and why he's important to this. His name is David Von Icke. Great name. David Von Icke. Von Icke. He was born April 29th, 1952. He is a Taurus. He shares a birthday with Jerry Seinfeld, and that's International Dance Day. <laughs> Kylie, what's your go-to dance move? I don't know. Corey, do you have a go-to dance move? I he don't dance. <laughs> he does this. He Jersey Shore kind of? I don't know what that means. That's kind of Jersey Shore. Mine is like just a, a like, um... Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, where you put your hands above your head and you kind of like wiggle your hips back and forth and you fake bump the person next to you. Ooh, ah, nice. Woo. Yeah, that's the go to dance move. You can't go wrong with it. Classic. All right. So David Von Eyck is an English conspiracy theorist. He was a former footballer. He was a goalkeeper. And then he started having really bad arthritis issues and he started taking medications for him, but it got worse. All this stuff happened. So he actually got, they say, a promotion because he became a sports broadcaster for the BBC. But then he kind of went off the rails and uh, 
it, it'll make sense why he no longer does those things. David's well known in the conspiracy and ufology world because he's written over 20 books. He has spoken out numerous times. He's given many speeches and he's inspired a lot of the theories we've just brought up, like the reptilians, the reptoids, all that kind of stuff. And when I say this man gives speeches, he will give five to 12 hour speeches where you just sit there and listen. That is insane. That is a long time for a speech. I couldn't do it. No. Does he break? Does he does he does he go to the bathroom? I don't know. We need to find out. On March 29th, 1990, David Icke visited a healer in Peru. What happened that day and the months that followed changed his life forever because while in Peru, he claims he was visited by a grand creature, which I'm a little confused, but it, essentially it was like a god and it was called the Godhead, but then he became the Godhead and it told him the secrets of the world. He he claimed that when he became the Godhead, he's pretty much like a prophet now and he has visions that can give us answers. We're slowly going off the rails here. Sounds like, every like this episode took ever. a real fast fucking left turn. Right. Yeah. What, Corey? Sounds like every cult leader ever. That's I get very strong. Like uh, he reminds me of Applegate. Uh, or even like mormonism like very mormonism like visited by something and then like now i am this and here's what is the applegate guy bowen peep yeah i don't remember the one from california and the nikes and the purple drapes yeah i know what you're talking about i just don't remember his name angel god no temple healy holer holy health (laughs) happy why can't I think it's the most fucking popular? If I type in popular cult, it'll be at least top one or two. All right, let's do this. Google, what's the most popular cult? The People's Temple. <laughs> it was literally the first one. <laughs> yep, the People's Temple, that one. Um, And that's Heaven's Gate, actually. That's what I'm talking about. People's Temple was number one. Heaven's Gate. I knew two. Applegate wasn't right. Applegate's the leader's name. Right. Yeah. I thought you were talking about. The name of the cult. The name of the cult. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He reminds me of Heaven's Gate leader. Very much like him. So in 1991, David Icke wrote one of his books. It's called Truth Vibrations. It is exactly as bad as you think it is. It's a book which looks at the great mysteries of life that he has the answers to. Such as, why are we here? What's the truth about God and Jesus? What happens to us when we die? What are crop circles and who makes them? Did Atlantis exist? And most importantly, Ike reveals who the Illuminati is and what the Babylonian Brotherhood is. He exposes a global conspiracy that's been controlling the fate of the world and people for centuries by keeping us in a state of mass hypnosis. He comments how bloodlines stay pure within this mass hypnosis by using cannibalism and pedophilia to keep the bloodline safe. Nope, don't like that. What? Wait, yep. how? No, that's yeah. not how that works. <laughs> so let's start to dig a little more into these. We went from really fun Godzilla now to like, I don't even know where Cults, we're at. <laughs> almost, yeah. So Ike could have a whole episode that's just himself. Like he really could. I could just go on about this man. He's fucking wild. But we're going to do like a mini Ike slash mini reptilian conspiracy smashed together just to just to do this. Okay. Now, he wrote tons of books about his prophetic 
visions, including how the world would end in 1997, preceded by hurricanes, floods, and earthquakes. That that didn't, didn't happen. happen. So again, very heaven's gatey. He also believed that climate change was a hoax. 9-11's an inside job. And you're already like, okay, all right. So he's a little batty. He also claims he is the son of God. The world is run by reptiles. He's a Holocaust denier. It didn't happen. And in more recent things, his YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook page are deleted because he spread misinformation about COVID-19. <laughs> that's the most I'm going to get into that because that's a whole other thing. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Ike believes also that the life is a matrix simulation that we're all living. I can get behind that Corey, one. <laughs> Corey, try and give the world a brief explanation of what the matrix simulation is. So uh, as brief as possible, it is a simulation that we're all plugged into and we are batteries for robots. Yeah, that's... Does that okay. make sense? I thought he was going to do more than that. Yeah. Do you want more than that? Brief. or less That was than very that? brief. <laughs> Damn, Corey. I mean, you can give a little more. Yeah. It's just like, uh, like a, like a, like a fake world, uh, like a computer generated world that we're all plugged into. And do we have free will? Does that mean? I mean, still technically within limitations of a program. And does it mean that we are real humans or are we like computers? Uh, so are we about to get very philosophical on this podcast? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's go crazy. Uh, Happy 50th. So like, yeah. I guess it depends on what you would define free will. Like if you get to choose whether or not you go left or right, but like not being able to leave the program. So, you know, by like loose definition, yeah, you'd have free will. And I mean, you're still a living creature if you're plugged into a simulation unless you're generated by the simulation that would be the only difference like an npc yeah hmm. but the matrix is also going at the same time that you are so it's like always around you it's like gta online <laughs> or sims sure <laughs> for the girlies out there <laughs> Sure. The two genders, GTA 5 and The Sims. <laughs> so Ike believes beyond all that. So he believes in that first off. There's a lot of things this man's believing so far. He right. believes the universe is a also it's oh God. This one's the hardest to explain. He believes everything has a vibrational energy with an infinite dimension within it. That's sharing the same space. <laughs> So with that belief, he's saying that like how the dimensions don't overlap is because the vibrations are slightly different between the string theory and like everything else and how our dimension isn't crossing with a dimension. OK, everything everywhere all at once. There is the dimension with hot dog fingers and then there's this dimension, right? Mm -hmm. The dimension with hot dog fingers has a vibrational consistency of like happy vibes at a 2.0 our world has happy and sad vibes 2.0 because we experience happiness and sadness maybe they don't so we're not going to cross interdimensional fields because our vibrations don't line up that is okay. genuinely the only way and the easiest way i can describe it and that still is a little complicated no it makes sense 
I hope you guys have all seen the movie. Otherwise, that was very confusing. <laughs> you might want to go see it. <laughs> and we uh we we try to talk more about string theory and stuff in the Mandela effect episode. But really, it doesn't matter how much I talk about it. You're never going to understand it because it's impossible. Like you'll understand it, but you don't understand it. That's the same way everyone that understands it is. It's, it's like an- how you understand space, but you're still so small and you don't understand it ever. Yeah. yeah. Or like it. it yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in 1999, David Icke then wrote The Biggest Secret, which featured <laughs> tall, blood drinking, shape shifting reptilian humanoids from the Alpha Draconis star system. That sounds like. Harry Potter and Game of Thrones <laughs> had a baby. Now he's claiming this interdimensional race has hijacked the earth and taken over the people in politics and important societal roles. I can agree with that, though. He claims there is a genetically modified human race. And on top of that, a Babylonian brotherhood of Illuminati or it's essentially the Illuminati that has elite members. These members can manipulate people and events to keep humans in fear because remember they they feed off that. And these shape-shifting reptilians will feed off it, which results in negative energy, which makes them more powerful, which uh, pretty much puts them at a higher status and keeps making them rise up in the ranks. It's like a cycle. Yes. Ike has tons of theories involving how politicians and public leaders of the world belong to the Babylonian Brotherhood and how the world is moving towards a fascist state, which is considered the new world order in his mind. Essentially... He is saying, Darth Vader, good. Let's do that. (laughs) Like, that is the only way I can describe this. Hmm. Because, again, it's super complicated. But if you just try and dumb it down to something that we've already seen happen in movies or something, it's like, because at first when I say that, you're like, there's no way that would fucking work, though. No. Think of Darth Vader and his his little army and his Imperial Song March and everything else that's going down, it it can happen. And it happens without you noticing it happening, and then it's done. And you're like, oh shit, here we are. Think of Cuba. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to say that in a mean way, but like Cuba didn't think they were doing anything wrong when they started creating their military and their military government and everything. And then one day they were like, oh shit, where the fuck do we go now? We can't overthrow it because we're in too deep. Or a cult, for the example. Mm-hmm. You think it's all fine and dandy until it's not, but then you're already in too deep to unfun and dandy it. Yeah. Okay. Now we're in recent times. <laughs> in 2003, <laughs> the reptilian bloodline has included every single U.S. president we've ever had. Every single one. So, George Washington, reptile. Abraham Lincoln, reptile. Taft, reptile as fuck. All of them. Reptiles. Two of the Canadian prime ministers were reptiles. Three British prime ministers were reptiles. Some of the old Egyptian pharaohs were reptiles. Kings from other countries are reptiles. The Rockefeller family, the Rothschild family, the British Royal House of Windsor, all the establishing families of the United States, and a shit ton of celebrities. Those are those are all reptiles. Okay. Then in 2001, he had an interview and someone asked him what he thought of the British Queen, since he said so many other people like I'm talking literally the queen that just passed away. Right. And because he had already said like so many of the British family and everything like that, they were like, what do you think of her? And he said, 
oh, she's seriously reptilian. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Write that on her tombstone, why don't you? Right. <laughs> Then in 2016, in a separate interview, he said, actually, the entire British royal family is shape-shifting lizards. He's really making a name for himself. (laughs) Yeah, that's one way to put it. Ike went on to argue that every type of issue could be deemed controversial due to the results of the Illuminati. And here is how. He said the Illuminati preys on a concept called problem, reaction, solution. They create a false problem, create a fake solution, and it furthers their agenda because they create the problem. You all have the reaction to the fake problem. They create the fake solution. You then are pleased because the problem got solidified and is resulting in being solved. But really, they created the problem. They knew how to solve it. And now you are happy they solved it. But you didn't realize they created the problem in the first place. Got it. Brilliant, really. And with that, the he calls it the order out of chaos. And in this instance, he says some of the things they problem reaction solutioned was the Oklahoma City bombing. Columbine. Global warming. The 7-7. The chemtrails. The death of Princess Diana. Agenda 21. And the assassination of JFK. Plus numerous others. So all of those were done by the lizard people who were being operated by the Illuminati to further their agenda by keeping us in fear so that we in turn look for them for a solution so that in turn we then believe they're more powerful than they are and we stay subservient to them. Is it bad that the only thing that I think about when you say Illuminati are three things? Ready? Oh, God. Beyonce. Oh. Michael Jackson. Oh. And Tomb Raider. Oh! <laughs> wait, why? I see Tomb Raider because the symbol. Wait, what? Why? Why? He said, wait, why? Why Michael Jackson and uh, who was the other one? Beyonce. Beyonce. Why? <laughs> um, weird conspiracy theories that I came up with in college with my friends. What is I your conspiracy the- theory? <laughs> I know a lot of celebrities that do the Illuminati symbol and pictures and yeah. stuff. And I remember there was, I think it was Justin Bieber. People were giving him gripe about it once. And he's like, I'm 15. I did not know that's a symbol for fucking lizard sucking reptilian creatures taking over the government. Chill. Or maybe he actually did. Yeah, but Beyonce and Jay-Z does. And uh, wasn't it Martha Stewart that they claimed was a big part of the Illuminati? Yeah. Yeah. I think. But Michael Jackson was also one of them. And uh, I know Tomb Raider because they say the Illuminati symbol is directly in the poster and it's in all the pictures and stuff. Well, and it's in the movie. (laughs) She goes to the Illuminati. (laughs) Um, There's other times in like, not social media, um, media and stuff, the Illuminati is present. And I think of the Illuminati almost as a joke when I hear about it. But then the way I just described it and how I described it, other than the reptile part, the whole subservient behavior based on the fear based on problem reaction solution. All that sounds super government based and that sounds super believable. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying like, I believe all these things this man believes like that the Holocaust didn't happen. 9-11 was inside and stuff because obviously he has wild theories that are just incorrect for most parts. But when he words it like that, if he wouldn't have said all the other stuff, I'd be like, oh my God, man, you are fucking onto something Mm -hmm. he could have created a cult if he just knew when to shut his mouth 
Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to bring up some of that <laughs> to talk about how crazy he is. But it seems like we're kind of off track. So I'm going to going to kind of try to reel us back in slightly. So the reptilians, right? How do the reptilians go hand in hand with aliens and alien abductions? Like I had mentioned in the beginning, it's because one of the earliest reports of reptilians was in Ashland, Ash, in, in, in Ashland, Nebraska. <laughs> Where <laughs> the uh, there was a police officer named Herbert Schimmer <laughs> who, under hypnosis, recalled being taken aboard a UFO in 1967 by a humanoid being with a slightly reptilian appearance who wore a winged serpent emblem on the left side of his chest. And from then on out, people were like, ah, yes, the reptilians are aliens. That's literally it. That's really? where that's where it all happened. That's insane. How all that twisted together by that one account. Huh? I mean, but if you think about it, if you think about it, okay, okay, okay. Their skin's this like grayish tone and stuff that could allude to the grays. Right. Or the fact that they're now doing all this shape shifting and this intimidating and stuff that could allude to the men in black. Like I see where the ties are being made. Yeah. It's just all these ties are so out there and bad because David Icke is a fucking crazy person. He's still alive, by the way. Interesting. He was uh, in this one um interview in 1991 and they made fun of him and were laughing at him and it was kind of it's a little sad almost when you watch it but later that guy and him whoever the guy that did the interview was because at one point David Icke's like yeah and this is what I believe and people start laughing and he's kind of like yeah it sounds funny isn't it and the interviewer just becomes a dick and he goes they're not laughing with you they're laughing at you because you sound stupid and he starts like just berating David Icke and just literally telling him like you're a fucking crazy person your shit's not believable stop thinking you're like this brilliant philosophist that's creating these concepts you're you literally need to be locked away like that's kind of how he's treating him so then later these two men do an interview again with someone else and the guy pretty much apologized he's like i'm really sorry for being that shitty towards you i don't think everything you say is wrong just some of it but it seemed better to just knock down everything you said than believe in it because then i have to be scared of the belief that it's real. Huh. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Might be doing that for the uh appearance. Yeah. You know. I think uh I think you're a dick. Right. <laughs> nope. Think you're just a just a dick. So according to the public po- policy polling s- surveys. Around 12 million people in the U.S. believe the interstellar lizards in people suits rule our country. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people that I are love voting. It. That makes me nervous. You're right. <laughs> That's like, which one is the lesser of the lizards? <laughs> to put that in perspective, 66 million Americans that live in the U.S. and like people believe that aliens landed at Roswell in New Mexico. Another statistic for you. 22 million people believe that the government faked the moon landing. Another one for you. 160 million believe that the conspiracy surrounding the assassination of former U.S. President John F. Kennedy was unreal. So just to give you some numbers to really think about. That's a lot of people. And uh, there was one more, which I wish I would have left it in, but I deleted it. There was something about like how 
12% of voters believe that it's potentially like lizard people or something like that. And they're like, still voting. Yeah. It was a decent higher number than I thought it would be. It was under 20%. I do know that for a fact. But it was much higher than I thought it'd be. I thought it'd be like 3%, but it was it was not that low. Interesting to think that the conspiracy theories are that they like don't exist. Like they never happened. Yeah. Because like I believe in conspiracy theories around those same things. If he would have said that all those are inside jobs. Like, yeah. okay, say uh, denying the Holocaust. That's the biggest red flag here for me, for David Icke. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's real. We have pictures. We have proof. We have stories. We have humans. We have everything for it. Now, if you said Unit 731 wasn't real and that was completely faked, I could maybe understand because we don't have any proof for it. That's mm-hmm. truly physical, viable proof. We can document it. Holocaust is not that situation. So when you say it's not real, that's like a slap in the face first off, but also it you're just wrong. And now everything you say is slightly less credible. Right. If he would have said the Holocaust was completely an inside job, here's how. And he gave, you know, some fucking source or even a fake source. I could be like, oh shit, let me at least consider that theory and do research. Yeah. But he said, nope, doesn't nope. exist. It not a real thing. And at that point you're like, okay, well now my dude, I can't trust a word out of your mouth. Right. Now, if he would have said Godzilla wasn't real, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's I think that's more than enough of David Icke and the reptilians for tonight. Can we go back to the Godzilla can, stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some more fun reptiles. So would you is Godzilla a reptile? Yeah, I'd say so. Do you think he has cold blood or warm blood? Uh, it's gotta be cold blood, right? Cause he's in like the water and stuff or no, would that be wrong? Yeah. He'd have to be warm blooded. Hmm. Would he? But he's at the bottom of the ocean. No, I think he he would be both. I think it'd be both. Well, because lukewarm blood, (laughs) you don't know this, but like watching the movies, like where he comes from is incredibly fucking hot. But like, yeah. under the ocean and things like that is really really cold so i think he's adaptable because we could like get into hollow earth theory with the most recent godzilla movie right well we could get into flat earth and maybe he's oh, just no. walking around all over the planet that's what he's doing yeah. <laughs> what if he falls off under the ocean he can't see the edge of the earth and he just falls <laughs> that's when the mecha godzilla comes okay i have a new movie theory here guys right. Flat Earth Godzilla Mecha Suit Man Visits Earth. That's the title. Pending. Pending. TM. <laughs> TM means trademark. I got this, guys. <laughs> so, Corey, do you think you could create a Godzilla movie? I think so. I think not I the one a I just said. One. Hmm. Okay. Do you not Are you going to get any more Godzilla tattoos? <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> i'm sorry are you gonna get any more godzilla tattoos i mean maybe i wouldn't say no so you have godzilla at the bottom of your arm Mm -hmm. okay like uh your forearm he's adding anime stuff though oh i was gonna say why don't you put mecha godzilla at the top because he's not cool oh is he not 
Not I, really. I, I mean, I like the original Mechagodzilla, but if I were to get another Godzilla tattoo or like something added to the one I have, I'd probably do uh, Ghidorah because I think Ghidorah We should badass. give him a sword. <laughs> we should give Godzilla a sword and armor. Armor Godzilla. I would see it. Ninja Godzilla. Well, no, I want it. Oh, does he have armor? No, I'm, I made I that mean, up. That's a, that's a lie. That's not a real thing. Oh. His, um, I get it. His body is the armor. Yeah, he's he's kind of strong. But let's put armor on him. Give him a sword, and have him fight the Transformers or something. Like, armor like the, uh, like what a knight wears in Game of Thrones. No, like Japanese knight. Okay, a, a samurai. samurai. Yeah, <laughs> but like sam samur samurai. But like more ninja like God. Sam- no, you can't use the God part. Samur Samurzilla. Sam Sam Samzilla. Sam Sam does Sam does. Why don't you just say there, Samurai Godzilla? Like Mecha Godzilla. Well, no, that, that sounds dumb, Corey. Or God Samurai. No, I'm God. trying to avoid the God. I know, I know. Zilla Samurai. Zilla Ninja. Ninja Zilla. No. Ninzilla sounds all right. We're still working on that movie, guys, but we'll also we'll also do that. Just just keep your guys' eyes on the horizon for our Godzilla films. So that's all we have for tonight. Um, do you guys have anything more to add to this? Well, I've watched some of the things that Corey watches on YouTube, and it's insane how some of those movies come to be. Like, especially the old ones, because they were people in suits. Mm-hmm. And so they had to, like, change the scaling of things. And then, um, you know, the new ones are just, you know, they take forever and they're all CG, which is just insane. So I was telling you the things I do know about Kong and Godzilla. I lied to you. I know a little bit more about Godzilla. Okay. Because I one time saw a adaptation of Godzilla. Except for Godzilla was a penis. It's in the Jackass movies. Oh, my God. And they recreate. Godzilla with a penis. We're going to pretend like you <laughs> never said that. Corey, would you like to talk about how they created Godzilla in movies? Uh, I mean, I, I guess the where like we talked about earlier with the uh, stop motion, like they wanted to do that for Godzilla, but they were like, oh, that's going to take like seven years for us to uh, go through and basically like animate all of that. So like, I'll just put a guy in a rubber suit and then uh, build up a mini Tokyo and uh, and have him destroy it because that's a lot cheaper and faster. I'm going to ask a question that I feel is really dumb here, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, what's Godzilla nowadays? Is he CGI? Uh, yes. So actually, for the most part, and all I the American ones. I assume we don't ones, have like yes. a Komodo dragon running around. Uh, but, but like. In Shin Godzilla, the 2016 Toho reboot, uh, it's kind of like a blend of CG and like newer suitmation. So there is a guy in a suit doing a lot of acting, but then like there's like CG overlay on top of it. So like kind of like a blend of the two, which is pretty cool. So it's Detective Pikachu. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I mean, that's not wrong. Hmm. Okay. Well, um, I guess, I guess that's the, uh, the end. Wait, I have a question. 
Oh. Did you I ever end up actually that. watching a Godzilla movie? You did not tell me which movie to watch, so I did not watch one. However, I was going to wait until this recording was done, but I guess I will say it now. I was going to ask, not this weekend because I have plans, if the week after I come home, if we want to take two days out of the week and watch two Godzilla films. Oh, gosh, I got to pick two of them. Two? Yes. Because when I was trying to tell you to name one, you were struggling. So I thought if I give you the opportunity to make me watch two of them, that will ease your mind. What if I told you there was like an essential three to watch? Fucking Christ, Corey. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you would. All right, here, let's play a game, Corey. If I watch three Godzillas, are you going to watch the Twilight movies? Uh, what if I've already seen one of them and absolutely hate it? It doesn't count because you saw the ending of the last one. That's bullshit. I'll watch the ending of one Godzilla then, motherfucker. <laughs> no, I watched Whoa. I watched the entire uh, last movie without last realizing one. that there were that many before it. <laughs> okay, if you watch the Twilights, however many of the Twilight films you watch is how many Godzillas I'll watch. Uh. That's up to five movies. I'll think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Of the turntables. Kylie's like, I am off the hook for this one. Go me. I've seen all of them. Let me let me list the essential three, though, for anyone that might be curious and hasn't seen a Godzilla movie. Oh, yes. What are the. Okay, wait. Um, I want you to name the essential three Godzillas, but then I want you to name the three kaiju films in general that people should watch because we mentioned some aren't Godzillas. So mention there's also really, really cool animes. Okay. Mention three films of Godzilla and then like three essential other things. Okay. So the three films that I think everyone should watch if they're just like dipping their toe into uh Godzilla would be obviously the original 1954, like essential. Um I believe all of the ones that I'm gonna list, oh, two of the three that I'm gonna list, I know for sure are on HBO Max. Um, but like I said, everyone should watch the 1954 original because like it is a milestone in cinema, like period. And, uh, the 2014 American Godzilla, I believe, uh, is a good place to start as well. It's pretty palatable for most people that aren't used to Japanese culture and television and stuff like that. And then third would be the 2016 Shin Godzilla, the Toho reboot, uh, is fantastic and a pretty different and honestly kind of terrifying take on Godzilla. Those are the three films that I would suggest that everyone watches. Why don't we just become friends with Godzilla what was so the other stop question? terrorizing everything? You'd have to watch the movies to understand that. Well, no, like, what if we just give him food and we like learn to speak his language we do that we just become friends with him you have to watch the movies i feel like it's not as if jurassic park can exist i think godzilla he can't even mate so what he's just gonna live and then die let's just coexist with him what does he mate with you want to take that (laughs) what's he gonna mate with what i I think i think it's kind of like uh what is it what what creatures are they that just kind of like magically reproduce 
asexual. Is that the word I'm looking for? Where they can just there's one of me and now I created two of me yeah. because I split myself. Yeah. So because there is a. Uh, uh, Godzilla has a son. <laughs> That's I'll leave it at that. At some point, he oh, has a he has a son. Cute. Is it cute? Huh? Is it cute? I think a, I think a baby Godzilla would be kind of cute. It would look like he kind of is. It looked like a fucking reptile. He's he's uh, he's kind of chubby and cute. Yeah. I'm thinking of Sand Slash and Sandshrew from Pokemon. No, not entirely. Just like imagine a uh, kind of like chubbier, smaller Godzilla without the spikes and more of like a nice, friendly face. OK, so Sand Slash or Sandshrew from Pokemon. Okay, Got it. Fine. Got it. <laughs> Uh, okay. the other question that you what had are asked three me, other kaiju things uh, Pacific Rim because I love it and I love the main actor and the director um, so good so good I did not know it was a kaiju film going into it I thought it was essentially Transformers like at first. robots yeah yes I saw that's my first ever kaiju film I guess I've watched I could say oh no I saw Cloverfield I guess but um, so I saw this movie and I will say that was one of the coolest movies as of all movies Corey's brought into my life, which is a lot. <laughs> um, I will say Baby Driver and Pacific Rim were the two absolute best ones, better even than everywhere, anywhere, all the time, everywhere at once, sometimes. <laughs> Everything Sometimes. ever all at once. <laughs> yes, that one. <laughs> Forgot the title. I thought I'd get there. Eventually I didn't. Those two movies and Pacific Rim is one of them. One of the best movies for action and like intense movies I have seen. Maybe ever. That was the first movie we watched on the big screen when we got it, right? Yeah, yeah. when we got the yeah. big TV and we yeah. hooked up the surround and everything. Because <laughs> Margie was overwhelmed with it. It was amazing. Yeah. Okay, um, what are the others? I'm sorry, Corey. Yeah. <laughs> I would say... Any of the King Kongs would be good. Uh, King Kong Sky Island is tied to the new Godzilla movies, and it's pretty fun. But obviously the original and uh, the Peter Jackson one are pretty good as well. So I say you could pick any three of the King Kong movies and be pretty all right. And then I have a guilty pleasure one that is by no means a good movie, but I still enjoy it, uh, was the Rampage movie based off of the old video game. That one's pretty fun. You said Peter Jackson, and I almost got excited because I thought it was a movie I'd seen. And then I realized I'm thinking of Percy Jackson. Oh, <laughs> very different. Peter Jackson. Jackson. Completely different cultures. Of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> OK, OK, wait. So in Lord of the Rings, the trees, would they be considered a kaiju? No, those are ants. <laughs> okay but would that be considered a kaiju because it's much larger than a human and it's a large creature yeah i guess you could technically call it that do you see i just don't totally understand like is it Kaiju's specific to japanese loose. culture or is it well like... no because king kong is a fucking one who where does king kong come from does he come from japan doesn't he come from a zoo in america <laughs> not from a zoo in america he is an american created thing but uh, uh like he's from an island somewhere in the ocean Yes, we literally have had this conversation three times. Yep. My bad. Skull Island. God. Skull Island. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm doing bad tonight. This is the dumbest I might ever be. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that. 
it's a it's a wrap might want to stop me while you're ahead i uh more because i just have no fucking clue what we're talking about anymore we've talked about so many things in this episode this episode is is what you would think if you didn't know us and you kept like skipping ahead and not listening that we might be drunk tonight like this is our drunk episode maybe yeah but it's not no we're just really hungry we are very (laughs) hungry so hungry so hungry well thank you guys well thank you Corey, for coming on and existing right now with us welcome it's almost bedtime (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah Uh, Corey does go to bed early well, thank you to everyone that helps make this podcast what it is. Kylie and I could never do this alone. Thank you to Damon Vakovsky for creating our theme song and sound bits. Original artwork done by Taylor with Lab Monkey Creative on Instagram. Our editing is done by Corey, who is here with us tonight. The person, <laughs> that's him. Core.media.photography on Instagram. Can I actually Corey, plug something else as well? Go crazy do it so um i have also recently started a motorcycle vlog youtube channel i have my first um episode zero on youtube just search uh sir beckham's on youtube and it should come up you should be able to find me i uh my icons me as a little motorcycle cartoon guy so just look for that And we'll also we'll obviously post that on the Instagram. We'll talk about it and stuff so that you guys can uh, find Corey and just see some wild, crazy things, because Corey does a lot more than just editing. He's out taking pictures and doing crazy things. And then he's out riding motorcycles. And uh, he's kind of a very busy guy. This man has a lot of hobbies. I don't know how we got him on the podcast. Right. (laughs) Like, you guys don't understand how hard this was. (laughs) Literally. He's a very busy man. Literally. Um. So thank you guys for always being a part of the Cryptic Soup fam and helping us out. Don't forget to follow the Instagram at Cryptic Soup Pod, where our DMs are always open for suggestions. So slide on in. Apple podcast reviews and ratings always help, as well as Spotify ratings, because they get us in the in the charts. So remember to subscribe, follow, tune in, keep up with us, and remember to join the conversation where we'll see you next Tuesday for the next episode. Stay tuned. Bye. Before you say goodbye. I said bye. I was prepared for it. I didn't know if you would or not. Okay, sorry. You can re-say goodbye now. No, it's fine. We'll leave it how it is. No, no. Say goodbye and that you love them all. Goodbye and love all of you. <laughs> That's time to go to bed now. <laughs>
It's baby cash. I've had venison jerky when I was younger. Shit slaps hard as fuck. It's real good. <laughs> Would sell my left testicle for a slab of venison jerky that's as big as my face. Still, well, you would eat it today? I don't think so. I'd smell the shit out of it, though. <laughs> I would smell it so hard. <laughs> I'd make you guys describe every bite to me. Every single bite. Oh, I'm getting a t- 